listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, this amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the man of steel, Superman, empowered with x-ray vision, possessing remarkable physical strength, Superman fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice, disguised as a mild-mannered newspaper reporter, Clark Kent. Hello and welcome again to the Batman Universe Commentaries, where we are continuing our look at the Batman Brave and the Bold animated series. My name is Donovan, and once again, I am joined by Mr. Michael Bailey. Hey, everybody. Hello. This episode, this uh, podcast episode, we're going to be talking about Battle of the Superheroes, the first appearance, the momentous first appearance of Superman, the Man of Steel. This is notable because this episode appeared in Season 3. Uh, this is a big deal. I remember this episode being kind of like hyped up at the time before it came out. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, for those of you who don't know, although you should, because if you've listened to Mike's other appearances, he is Mr. Superman. He is the resident Superman uh, podcasting superior amongst the internet, at least in many people's eyes, including my own. And um, with this being like you know a Superman-heavy episode... Um, we are going to talk a bit about the sort of background information on what this episode references throughout the episode. But uh, before we actually start the episode, how many times have I said episode in the last sentence? Um, is there anything you want to say about this before we hop into it, Mike? Uh, from the very beginning of this series, uh, the, the people I remember there was a lot of scuttlebutt on the internet about when is Superman going to show up. Yes. Uh, and there was something about a rights issue that was kind of holding it up. That's what Chris Johnson told me. I did not know about that, but yeah. Well, because (laughs) while Warner Brothers owns, uh, or at the the time it was DC Comics, now it's DC Entertainment, which calls itself DC Comics, uh, while Warner Brothers owns that, I get the feeling just from, from reading about things that there's like this giant, like, bureaucracy around, behind the scenes that we don't see about. It's not as easy as the producers of Brave and the Bold going, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to have Superman in it and DC owns Superman, so they're just going to let us have it. You have to go through, you have to jump through some hoops. And from what I understand, if I'm correct and remembering correctly, at least Jeff Johns is responsible for this, for this episode. Really? He he was the one that kind of cut some corners and, and got it to where it could because Batman had, I mean, Superman had kind of appeared on the show there was uh, the the one with the the Teen Titans, basically. Oh yeah, they, they, they saw the back of him. Yeah, you saw like the back of him on on Justice League headquarters, and Batman references him in the first Batmite episode as well. He does. Uh, so you know he's very obviously part of that world, but we had never seen him, and it's kind of funny this this entire show. Uh, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, I go, okay, this is the show, so how it goes, but it still kind of gets to me every once in a while. 
is like Batman is like everything on this show. <laughs> like there is nothing he can't do, and all of the other heroes defer to him. Well, in like in like a really kind of like even like the more powerful ones are like ah, Batman's here, everything's saved, which is which is cool, but it's it, it really didn't lend itself to teaming up with Superman, and I think with this one they did a really good job of working around that. Yeah, I think they like that that what you said about Batman is applies to Superman here. Um, like, like Lois Lane's first. Uh, oh, Batman! Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I, I have a couple questions about that. Like, because um, I don't exactly remember the sequence of events. Uh, with John's probably being uh, responsible for this happening, was he chief creative officer by the time this episode came out? I think he was. I think by that point, okay, because uh, that happened like around 2010. Yeah, that happened like like around. It was right around. The, it was a couple weeks after Marvel announced that it was being bought by Disney. Okay, yeah, 2010-ish, 2009-ish, 2010-ish. Yeah, that, that was 2010, and, and this is going to sound weird. It's because of where my desk was in my office and how I recorded my podcast at that time that I remember that that's the time period. <laughs> and this episode came out a couple years after that. So he yeah. was already chief uh, creative officer at that point. And uh, you know, now we're seeing more of the fruits of that with all of the DC shows that are on television at the moment. Um, that's so interesting. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, like, like I'm just you know, obviously we've seen them team up in the Batman cartoon, which was a couple years before this, and obviously like you know the animated series with like uh, on the Superman show and the Batman show and, and Justice League. So do you think that like uh, you know kind of pure speculation, the whole talk to somebody to make Superman appear in a Batman show and vice versa, let's say a movie. Like, was that a recent thing that that happened, or was it always the case where they, they always had to, like, kind of, kind of uh, uh, haggle to get Superman and Batman to appear together? Well, with in the case of the, the Timverse mm-hmm. uh, extension of they were starting up a Superman show, so we're going to have a, a team-up, because they, they obviously had the keys to that kingdom already. And then Justice League was just a natural extension of that. Uh, Superman didn't show up till the later seasons of The Batman, and I've only seen a couple of those, but I rather liked what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there there was probably some creative wranglings behind the scene, but we just weren't aware of it. Here we were kind of made aware of it uh, because when The Batman was on, yeah, it was 2005, and yeah, the internet was a big thing. It seems like around 2009, 2010, that there's kind of a little bit more transparency thanks to social media. Uh, taking off because yeah, there was MySpace in 2005, but I don't think as many people were on like MySpace as they are on Twitter and Facebook today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you had more of a chance of you know fans complaining basically uh, and, and, and whining. And and this was a huge. I reviewed this episode for the Superman homepage, so we were you know really plugged into the fact that it was like I think the only episode of Batman: The Brave and the Bold that we. We did a review for, uh, obviously because that makes sense. Yeah, we're not really going to devote space to a Batman thing because you know it's that's what we're here for. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, I remember it just being this huge deal, and I missed it. I actually had to find it through a <coughs> questionable. Uh, <laughs> it was on the floor, and I just picked it up and watched it. And we're just going to leave it at that. Oh, that's 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 fortuitous. Um, 
I, f- I find that very interesting that like like because I'm trying like my mind is racing now like like because soon after this Young Justice came on where infrequently we see them together and obviously there, there's uh, as of the t- as of this recording Superman uh, v Batman Dawn of Justice is about to come out like next year or the year after that um, I find it interesting that like these two characters which we'll talk about throughout the episode like these the the world's mightiest team like uh, the idea that like you would really have to like you know kind of go through go through uh, hoops to get them together is really strange. I mean, it's one thing to have, like, you know, Spider-Man and Captain America do it now because they, like, like their immediate rights are owned differently, but um, that's interesting that, like, Superman couldn't appear on this. Anyway, anyway. Well, the, the thing is, is that it's really all Frank Miller's fault. <laughs> Again? <laughs> and, no. And I'm, not saying that in a, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not, I'm not insulting Frank Miller because I think uh, you and I and Michael Kaiser uh, did that already. Of, of, uh, yeah, we did that when we talked about Dark Knight Returns, and even there we didn't. You know, we started out blaming him, but by the end it was just like you know, it's a lot of people who reacted to that that really yeah. did it. But before 1986, Batman and Superman appeared in a title together for several decades. You know, they their first official like meeting was on the radio show, the Superman radio show. Uh, and if you ever get a chance, listen to those because you have Batman and Superman teaming up to make a brick wall. <laughs> it was, Finally, <laughs> I mean, uh, but no, it's uh, it's really interesting that for two characters that were considered the best of friends and super friends together, where you know everybody was friends, but you know it, it always seemed like natural when I was like a little kid that Superman and Batman would be friends, and then. Frank Miller does The Dark Knight Returns and then John Byrne does Man of Steel number three where he establishes in the post-crisis universe they're not friends. Mm -hmm. They're not enemies. And that relationship would go through like a weird kind of development. They would team up every once in a while and it's just like Batman doesn't quite like Superman and doesn't like his methods and Superman's just like I don't really think I like this Batman guy but we're going to team up because it's for the greater good. And then when Grant Morrison started JLA, it seemed like the relationship had thawed and that they were more comrades. They were more, you know, work buddies, you know, not somebody you would hang out with outside of work, but you know, it's like that episode of justice league where they're sitting in the Batmobile drinking coffee. <laughs> like, yes, th- this is what I see it. And then in the early two thousands, for whatever reason, they got on this huge kick where, Batman didn't trust uh, Superman at all because he's an alien and we can't trust him. And Racist. And it's just like, what? No, no, yeah, no. Oh, really? And then after, after Infinite Crisis, and especially now in the New 52, I mean, there's a real bromance in the New 52 right now between the two of them. Okay, well, I mean, like, uh, listeners to the comic cast will know that I kind of dropped DC. Is there really, like, like in the Superman-Batman title, like, they're friendly again? Yeah, and and in uh, in the doomed storyline, Batman showed up, and it's just like we're here. I'm here because I'm here to help my friend. And you know, wow. there is a scene. There is a scene in the doomed storyline where Batman defers to Superman. In in 2014. In 2014. It can't be. <laughs> like, this I know. Is I mean, news I mean, to I mean, me. Can't, you don't <laughs> believe it, but it happened. When I read it, I'm like, did that just happen? No. God. Well, I was obsessed with the movie and everything coming out. Like, wow. So it seems like in the comics, 
at least how they're playing it right now, they're friends. They're, you know, they... Well, great. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. They have different uh, ways of doing things, but Bruce and Clark... I mean, Batman's been part of the Unchained thing because it's Scott Snyder, and I guess him and Jim Lee subscribe to the theory that they think the best way you can make a Superman story better is more Batman, but... (laughs) Why not? Snarky, I apologize for that, but... Even in that, Batman is there to help him as a friend. So it, it's kind of cool. It, it's it's like it's really weird that we're about to get a movie where through the bulk of it they're going to be at odds. That the comics are now just getting around to the point where you know what? Well, maybe they should be friends. Maybe they should hang out. Well, I'm glad that we're talking about this. It's actually something that didn't occur to me. I don't know why, but like in this episode. I don't think the episode necessarily focuses on their friendship too much, although it is definitely a facet of the episode. But uh, <laughs> sit down, children. Um, like, like you, like you say. Uh, initially, they were very, very good friends, and then in the '80s, they changed their their relationship to where they were a lot more. Um, uh, uh, they, they weren't as easy to to get along, and then they kind of like kind of came back out of that, and now, like within the past decade or so, they've really played up this this sort of like, in my opinion artificial animosity that Batman would have towards... It seems like Batman just hates Superman more so than Superman hates Batman. This is what I've read. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was kind of a, a thing where they were arguing just for dramatic potential. And yeah. it, it's... I book made me so happy because in the very beginning of New Frontier, he has a fight between the two of them. And I'm like, oh, we're really doing that? And then you find out later in the the series that that was faked. Like, they they did that so Batman could kind of go underground. And Superman was kind of helping his friend out. And there's a couple scenes between them after that. Uh, And and, and it's just like, oh, that's how I want to see it. Thank you, Darwin Cook. Because this was right around the time that, like, War Games was going on. So... Christ! <laughs> it's like when the when the, when the post crisis Batman went to his darkest and gloomiest, I think, yeah, and the fans went to their most depressed. I'll agree with that. That's where uh, I dropped it for a little while. So yeah, I really don't like. <laughs> I'm a very forgiving Batman guy, but like, I really don't care for. I don't think a lot of people do. Well, um, you know, you and I have off the air had many conversations about the fact that. You know, the animosity between Superman and Batman seems to translate to the fan base as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, it seems like, you know, you know, like there's a certain contingent of Superman fans that is completely hung up on the fact that Batman is popular right now. And there's a certain contingent of Batman fans, and I'm not saying it's all of them. I'm speaking in big generalizations here. And as we mm-hmm. all know, generalizations are always bad. But... <laughs> But there seems to be like this like portion of the Batman fandom uh, that is completely wrapped up in that Batman is the greatest thing ever and Superman is stupid. Right. Just had that thing a couple days ago where Frank Cho uh, apparently did a a fan sub, uh, like submission uh, like a commission where he redid the fight in Dark Knight Returns and made it even more against Superman because he doesn't like Superman as a character. And it was just like it encapsulated like I, what I thought was everything wrong with 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 how these two fan bases react to each other, and and, and it's kind of sad because I, I I'm really of the opinion that just as Batman and Superman should get along, I think the fans should get along too. Yeah, maybe I, I'm I asking too much, but still. Well, I mean, like um, 
Uh, we talked about uh, plug for Bailey's Batman podcast, but like uh, when I was on there with Michael Kaiser talking about Dark Knight Returns, we 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 stopped and like just had a hash out about yeah. the, the Batman Superman thing for like twenty five minutes, which is awesome. But like we we talked, we discussed. Uh, you'll hear us discuss on that episode on Bailey's Batman podcast that like uh, uh, I, I, at least for me personally, I, I like the idea that they would approach things differently. Mm-hmm. Them being different characters and them operating mainly in different times of the day and that kind of stuff like they would be different, but they don't have to use that as an as a measure to say this is the reason why I don't like you or whatever. Because at a certain, and again, I, I, to kind of quote Bruce Timm in like the world's finest commentary that he did, at a certain point you don't want it to be just about that. You want to have them have some sort of impasse and kind of thinking about it over in my head. I, I have to imagine that like you know, if Batman and Superman were, were to meet initially. It probably wouldn't make sense. They would probably, like, you know, Superman might see him as a criminal like he did in Man of Steel comic book and then kind of get past that so they can be better friends. That might be a good story. Just don't concentrate and make the relationship all about, you know, Batman saying, um, well, the last time you were relevant is when you died. And, like, you know, Superman's saying, like, you know, you're a, a criminal and, and a douche and I'm here to take you down. Like, like <laughs> that really does, like, just get to be, like, uh, just... Like, like, I'm so sick of this uh, flavor of storytelling because it's going nowhere but being just negative and spiraling down to the same thing. And I, I, I know I'm hoping people who like us who do genuinely enjoy that sort of like antagonism will hear this side and kind of like, like, like at least in the comment section offer up their perspective or uh, think about it a different way. Well, at the end of the day, when you when you default to that relationship it's kind of lazy uh, lazy writing almost absolutely yeah because it's easy it's just like they don't like each other so they're not going to like each other you know focus on the fact that these are two heroes that represent two the, you know the spectrum of like heroes in the DC universe you know not only is it superhuman alien with very human guy that you know is the peak of physical conditioning but Batman, by his very nature, operates in the shadows. Mm-hmm. You know, he deals with street level crime. This is why when he fights Darkseid, it drives me insane. Because I just, it's not that I think, well, you can't do that because he's a fictional character. You can do anything you want with him. But it doesn't work for me because that's not Batman's skill set. Bat- this is why when Batman goes into space, I'm just like, you know, it happened over even the bold and it was entertaining. <laughs> it's just like it's just like, no, he works he works better protecting Gotham City. He is very focused on protecting his town and the people in his town and cleaning up that town. Whereas Superman, especially the more powerful he gets, he acts uh locally, but he has to think globally because he has a bigger responsibility almost because he can stop meteors from slamming into the earth mm-hmm. and he can take on dark side. So when they're together, the best stories are kind of like this one where they play up what each of them can do. Yes, exactly. And, and do best. It's why that world's finest three-parter in Superman, the animated series was great because they have their initial confrontation and Batman flips Superman, but then quickly reminds us who is the phys- you know more physically powerful when he slams Bruce into the wall. 
we, we, that, that, we've been trying to get that commentary going for a while, so that, it's it's coming. But like, it, it, yeah, it's yeah, I, I, I'm totally down with that. But it was just, and what I liked about that is it let each guy have their moment. moment. Yeah, and now we're working together. So absolutely. Plus, it was, it was just an awesome. <laughs> Spoilers for a commentary that's not happened yet. <laughs> um. Um. Well, I think I think that that gives a lot of people some food for thought before they jump into this farce. <laughs> not a farce, but like <laughs> this lighthearted story. Oh no, it's silly. Don't get me wrong. This is, <laughs> this is not a story. This is a love letter to a certain era. Oh, absolutely. That's why I liked it so much. So, um, are you are you, are you ready to get into it? I am ready to get into it. All right, all right. Uh, just as I always do, I shall count down three, two, one, and then say the word play, and then you shall press play and get, get started with the episode. So, on a count of three, three. Two, one, play. Now this I really love. Oh, the old, the old school Batman without the yellow oval and the like secrets files of the Bat computer. I would really hesitate to call anything King Tut is involved with uh, Batman's greatest cases. I know I was thinking the same thing. Like, is this really one of his greatest cases? I also like, uh, given that the Batman television series is about to come out on Blu-ray, that we have a nice in-color joke. Um, <laughs> do, do you think this was kind of Batman the Brave and the Bold cashing in on the zombie craze? Um, it, possibly. I know this, this, this being the third season, so this is fairly definitely within the whole popularity of The Walking Dead. It could be. Uh, even now, though they're not dead. There was an earlier episode where they had a villain that was very much like King Tut, but they couldn't use him again for rights issues. Because uh, really? King Tut was created for the Batman television series. That's right, yeah. Uh, which is why I think you had later on Maxi Zeus uh, mm-hmm. in the comics. But... <laughs> Sweet. That's, that's, that's from a comic, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know which one. Uh, Vicky Vale popping up is yes. very, very silver, uh, like Silver Age. Absolutely. What a scoop. Um, <laughs> but I, I like the fact that, you know, uh, in, in his scepter. And, okay, have you ever, like, consumed buttermilk before? I can't stand it. <laughs> okay. I like it every once in a while. It's not like something I want to drink every day, but my, my father-in-law likes it, so when we're over, I'll have a glass. Buttermilk stinks. So the fact that they're not only <laughs> wrapped in, in, in mud, so that that's been soaked into buttermilk, they just got to stink. I'm glad that there's a breeze because oh my! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You notice that like the, the capes like obligatorily f- like float. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having King Tut, um, I like. I, I always thought King Villain on the. Uh, <laughs> I feel really bad for these people coming out of their zombie thing because it's just gonna suck to wake up and you're in handcuffs. I mean, usually that Not ends again. very badly for everybody, but still. But I, I, I love like the whole when they start doing these Batman's Cruises thing because I love him teaming with Robin. I'm a big dynamic demo fan, and like oh the, definitely the, the classic Batman and Robin like like old school Dick Grayson costume. I thought that was oh this is totally There's what I'd like to see. Something I mean it's it's how I was raised on the characters. So you know I even the third season of the '60s Batman series a, a total pass is because. That was what I was raised on, so I'm always going to like that to a certain extent. Absolutely. The uh, I, I also really like the opening um, theme 
to the show. I think it's very jazzy and, and really sets the uh, sets the tone beautifully. Uh, okay, now we begin the adventures of Jimmy Olsen, douchebag. I was just want to say, like this whole scene, like like this episode, kind of makes us, except for uh, uh, Perry, kind of makes everyone kind of be a jerk <laughs> in some ways. I mean, Lois is okay, but it's just like, wow, Jimmy, Jimmy's entire thing here is he wants—he's trying to trick. I mean, usually this is Lois's uh, job. <laughs> to lie to Superman is to lie to Superman and get him to kind of trick into finding his uh, secret identity. But here, I mean, why would you even be friends with this guy? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Though I do like the fact that they are using the signal watch, which was a staple of the yeah, I like that too. Bronze Age. Uh, that uh, they played with it a little bit in the post-crisis era, but it was never really a thing again. As much now, as the- it's here. The dialogue, like, it sounds very, very, like, cover art, like, you know, saying, like, a paragraph in a single word balloon. Was this based on anything? Um, it might have been. I am Jimmy Olsen through covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not... Reading those comics is very difficult. Uh, they all pretty much have... There's four plots to any given Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen story, and you can't read a bunch of those all at the same time. Yeah, I understand. I've, I've been there. It, it's uh, it, it's hard. It really, it, I mean, it just really is difficult. It makes me sad uh, that I can't because I want to because I want to learn as much about Superman as I can. But uh, it's possible that it was based on a specific thing. Uh, uh, what's your thoughts on the? I'm not. I, I honestly don't remember the the gentleman's name. But what's your thoughts on the voice actor of Superman in this episode? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because the gentleman who voiced this, I. I don't know if you've ever seen comic book the movie with Mark Hamill. Uh, I know of it, but I've not seen it. Uh, but it's basically Mark Hamill and his voiceover buddies doing a movie together. And <laughs> one of the guys in that film was named Roger Rose. And he's a uh, you know, pretty big voiceover uh, artist. I mean, he's been in just about everything. He was, you know, Doctor Strange on the Superhero Squad and he, you know he's done background voices and the grim adventures of Billy and Mandy so having him as Superman was kind of funny because I, I know him more from being in that movie than actually his voiceover work so um, the, uh, the, the vehicle that Lex is uh, using here is based on the 70s version of the Supermobile ooh I did not know that very cool it's shaped like it and the little fists coming out of it because it was it was basically a toy company had come up with this idea that they wanted to sell it, and they put it in the comics, much like the Spider Mobile almost. Uh, <laughs> and it was a, a little, like little spaceship with fists, so that if Superman was in space and he came across Kryptonite, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> I think Lex Luthor is Kevin Michael Richardson. I, I, I think he does a fantastic Lex. What do you think? <laughs> Oh, it's very you know it, it's funny back in the back in the late nineties, me and a friend were discussing who we wanted to play Lex Luthor when the the Tim Burton film was still an idea, and we both came to the conclusion that Ving Rhames would make a great Lex Luthor. Oh yeah, uh, so I, I am very down with the idea of Kevin Michael Richardson playing him. Uh, very here, um, stylized metallic. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't look like it would be based on a comic, but it looks like. Uh... An idea that you could give Metallo. It's the color scheme of Metallo from the 70s. Okay, cool. Uh, we have the giant air marker that was the key to uh, to the Fortress of Solitude. 
Now, what's up with this? Like, I, like, like that looks like Jimmy Olsen. I don't know who that character is. Well, Jimmy would go into the into the, the into the Bottle City of Candor with Superman. Superman, though, in the comics, did not have powers there because it had an artificial red sun. Uh, but that's right. where he and Jimmy would become Nightwing and Flamebird. <laughs> I love Mixie Espinalik in this. Um, but no, seeing the Bottle City of Candor is awesome. That's a, that's a very big staple of the Silver Age. Uh, shrunk down by Brainiac. Well, all the characters like uh, well, this is a, 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 a fashion show of Jimmy Olsen's title. Where yes, I mean horrible things happen to him. The cover gallery, and it's it's everything Jimmy Olsen ever was. Um, I mainly remember the, the gorilla with the, the running ring, but <laughs> well, that and uh, him with uh, as a Wolfman, as yep. the Brainiac, as the Bizarro Jimmy, and his uh, him and his uh, Harry Osborn clothes. Uh, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> the Superman here, though, is very much... Uh, it's not so much a Silver Age, I would say, uh, though there is a little bit of Wayne Boring in there. It's it's kind of like a mixture of the Silver and Golden Age, because Superman's all... Superman yeah. looks, uh, looks very much like the Bruce Tim animated series, Daily Planet. Yeah, yeah, I was saying that, too. Like, like the, yeah, the, the planet looks like they kind of like uh, recolored the original... Uh... Anime series version, and Lois looks like 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 Lois Lane from her own title in the Silver and Bronze Age. Yeah, she's hair. got the gloves, and you know you almost you almost expect her to wear like a pillbox hat. Um, that's a cover. Yeah, that's a cover. From the comics. That is definitely from the comics. <laughs> this uh, is fun. <laughs> uh, you know, Jimmy's kind of got a pimp watch there. I mean, look at the look at the jewels on that thing. Wow, that thing looks pretty slick. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 gold, which doesn't means I don't want to wear it. But oh, tur- Jimmy is Turtle Boy. This is one of those good times that he remembers. And then Superman, like, yelling at him. A Superman. And this is, this is, when you, when you saw these covers, they were just, like, exposit so much information on the cover with this gigantic word balloon. <laughs> I warned you not to do this, now I must do this, because you're a menace. Uh, Perry White is very much just, I am here to yell exposition and get the characters uh, from one place to another. Toy Man, though he doesn't really have any dialogue, is voiced by Joe DiMaggio. This is actually the second time uh-huh. he's played the character. Really? It was the Toy Man in the Superman Doomsday animated film. I was just about to say, the last time I saw uh, Toy Man in an animated thing, I got very worried when he showed up in this episode, because the last time we see him, <laughs> it doesn't end so well for him. No, not really. No, no, but but Joe DiMaggio was was Toy Man in that movie, so... I, yeah, I think I knew that. I forgot about that, but that's really cool. Is this more like, uh, the, obviously, the classic Toy Man? Oh, the Superman animation in this is so good, though. I mean, just everything about it. I mean, it, it really, you know, I remember there was some scuttlebutt in the comments and everything that's everyone's like, we, we need a Superman show like this. And, you know, as much as I love this episode and as much as I would like to see that, I don't think it would do well. As it's, a, very, it's very straight in terms of the era. As a very, as an ongoing thing. So, <laughs> and let the super dickery begin. <laughs> Uh, this episode is dedicated to the internet. <laughs> so, uh... <sighs> that's that hurt. Yeah, that's, that's really gotta hurt, actually. Well, this is also, like, like an example of... Because I know, uh... <laughs> Mitch... <laughs> the guy, again, Bruce Tim. A lot of Bruce... A lot of Superman's original Rose Galley were fat guys in suits. Here's a fat guy in a suit. Yeah, and, you know, Dan Jurgens was, uh... Was, was big on that as well. Uh, as saying you know most of his uh, most of his bad guys were, were were not on his power level essentially. Not but even kind of. <laughs> a lot of those goofs like Toy Man 
for Mr. McShez Pedelec were created by Jerry Siegel. And Siegel That's cool. fancied himself a comedian. I mean, they there was even like the Jerry Se- Siegel and Schuster School of Comedy or something like that. Really? Uh, that they had. And, and after when when it was pretty obvious he, you know, that the Superman thing wasn't going to get back to them, even though they were suing DC Comics, they created a superhero called Funny Man. Oh, that I read about, yeah. Uh, which lasted like seven issues in the comics strip. The newspaper strip lasted like a year. I love the crud eating uh, smile he has as he flies by right here. Yeah, he's just like, what the <laughs> Now, you see, you see this traffic here? This is pretty much normal in Atlanta uh, without somebody tying everything up. So. And flying away. And Superman putting a cat into a tree <laughs> and then laughing about it, basically. I think that the DC animation has a history of making Superman in some sort of bad form, like an evil Superman or a Superman mind control. But this is easily like my, my favorite. This line right here is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a spit take when I heard that. Like, okay. She has purple eyes. I never noticed that until right now. That's kind of cool. I think she had purple eyes in the uh, Dana Delaney version. Uh, not that Dana Delaney played her live action, but like when she could have. <laughs> could have that that entire animated cast could have played their respective parts. I agree. Um, the thing we're about to see with Jimmy is a very very classic cover from SuperTickery.com. Uh, <laughs> Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number thirty, uh, where yes, Superman does in fact burn. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but Jimmy, you're you're a jerk. I'm sorry. You you have done nothing in the episode to prove that you are a friend to Superman. Yeah, to coming. So, frankly, anything Superman does to you, I I don't care about. Um, the this lowest... is Josh's favorite joke. <laughs> well, Josh has actually read all of these. That is from a cover as well. That is yeah. from the Lane, Lane, right? Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, number twenty six. Mm. As the <laughs> cooking a steak and just being a well, Lois is crazy anyway, so it's just she like, is. you have somebody who's, it's like, if you read those stories, it, 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 in my experience with reading them, Lois is crazy, and Superman is a sociopath, so. I've read a couple of them, like, like I've read like one where she and Lana get powers, and they basically try to win his favor by showing off, and it's just insane. Yeah, I mean, and and, and and that was it. Oh, this this makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> he's just... And not only that he's doing it, but the sound effects, the little smoke effect, and that when he puts it down, you hear yeah, the, what, what you he hear the scream down. one more time. It's just, like, just, <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice detail. But unfortunately, we do live in an era right now where a lot of, like, Superman outside of his main continuity, Superman's just, like, evil. Like, like, this, is, this is played straight all the time. <laughs> but like, like in, in Injustice, he's at oh, odds yeah. with uh, with Batman, and in the Earth 2's title, he was kind of a bad guy. Uh, Crypto is amazing here. Uh, probably one of the... I mean, I didn't really watch the, the Crypto show all that much. I guess I should, but I like the fact that Crypto turns his back on him, too. <laughs> he's, he's very sentient in this... In, uh... Oh, in, yeah. uh, the cartoon. sitting there looking at the computer screen together makes me smile. <laughs> the deucing things. And I know that they said Ace the Bad House. I'm, I'm sad that he didn't have a little cameo in, in the back cave scene. Yeah, I, I, I could have gone for like an entire episode of them together. But, uh, you know, I like the fact that Batman, it, 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 he just thinks something's wrong with Superman. He doesn't think Superman has become evil. 
All the idea of this is I must stop him before he ruins his reputation, not s- destroys the world. Mayor Swan is a to classic Superman artist Kurt Swan. Absolutely, which is really cool. Um, this is insane. <laughs> this is insane, but this is this is very much of its time. <laughs> Where was he hiding that? <laughs> You picture him making all this stuff in the fortress, like he—that's a cover. Brown, and then he flew it to Metropolis, and everyone is bringing him Jello molds. That last shot of him smiling with the Pobot was so funny. Because <laughs> there are people who are against Superman, most of them looking like extras from the Superman animated series. Yeah, I noticed the fact that like there's a lot of like modern dressed people. Yet you have Jimmy walking around with a bow tie. And Lois looking like she's like from 1965. Yeah, people still wear bow ties. I see him. Never yeah. but I see him. So. Doctor Who conventions. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. Now I, I like. I mean, I'm not a great fan of the fourth chapter of Dark Knight, but I like this a lot. That's well, pretty cool. it, it's because it's it's almost making fun of it. Way it's, yeah. it's it's like referencing it, but it's not doing it because Batman hates Superman or anything. He just needs it because he's going up against him physically. Yeah, this this is me dying. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm good with it. And then and it looks good for the series. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it looks really cool. Like I like like the the gray uh, armor and the blue uh, cape. And I like the fact that they kind of are very clear about the fact that okay, while Batman so, does get some good shots in, this ain't happened. Superman is way more powerful. Now I don't think that that was a reference, but that reminded me a lot of the whole Dark Side punch mm-hmm. like, like through through the building he kind of flies to the other side dbz style i can see that uh come up on some like direct riffs from like uh, him hitting the uh light pole mm. uh, is very much out of dark knight returns and and i like hey. the fact that crypto is is kind of against this as well crypto has had enough of your craft yeah <laughs> but uh, unfortunately and i love he not only throws him away he throws him into space so <laughs> Crypto is not very happy about this. I like the look on his face. He's like, "You're going down." <laughs> Sweet. But uh, that was a neat little effect of him being hot upon re-entry. That was a. Uh... <laughs> I mean, completely fine. I mean, he's he's uh, is he was he super 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 dog? Is Crypto the super dog? Yeah, that's just. Oh, but what? What is the title? I don't know. Um, Crypto the Superdog was uh, was the animated show. Superdog, he's a superhero, and his name is Crypto. That was the theme song. Uh, That's the, pretty cool. The, the hand, <laughs> I love the little elbow, <laughs> and then following with like a knee to the face, and then we get the three uh, splash pages here. Oh yeah, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna name them all. Um, <laughs> Else. I like if Superman does go rogue somehow. I like Batman trying to. He's not saying that I've always hated you. He's like, you know, I'm going to stop you because I'll try to it's, stop anybody it, who does this. Uh, I love the fact that he dropped him by bringing his legs over his neck and bringing him to the ground. I mean, that's a very modern day fight scene kind of move. <laughs> the MMO, it really MMA. was. I was just like, is this like a Van Damme movie all of a sudden? Well, which I'm down with. But <laughs> all right, we got here. Uh, Hush. Um, Dark and those, these next two, yeah, Dark Knight returns. returns, right? <laughs> so. which, which, which is great. I love, I love when they do that, and I love it when they like in in the show when they have the sort of stop motion splash page punches. Very anime, uh, but still awesome at the same time. And and here again, that looks familiar. 
like you like like you a lot, Batman, but ultimately he's a Kryptonian. So unless you got some green K in your back pocket, this is going to go badly for you. And, yeah, and he, and he even mentions that he was just trying to stall for time. Yeah, and, and, until... and that's and again, I like that. It's not like you said. This isn't Batman going against Superman because he thinks he's an alien that can't be trusted, or it's just like you know, it's just like I've waited for this day my entire life. I knew this <laughs> yeah. happen. It's, in the comic, my friend is in trouble, so I've got to help him any way I can. <laughs> that's a nice. That all of the detail. <laughs> him hitting the thing and it flying off. That's great. And Superman looking really upset at what happened. Although uh, I would have liked to say, "Well, I'm sorry what I did to Metropolis, but." Can I keep the Pope hat? Because it looks awesome. Now, this is my favorite scene in the episode because I really love how they're they're doing Luthor here. It's just this diabolical. Are those from the comics, like the statues of the evil ghosts? Oh yes, he had a a a headquarters. Get in. You had to shake the hands. Of, <laughs> he had like Genghis Khan and Napoleon and wow. uh, Al Capone, and he had to shake Al. Capone's <laughs> hand. Totally, he's in the prison grays, which was Luthor's outfit in the in the in the 50s and 60s i just love how he's he's just so slimy and, and reveling in his evil i mean it's it's the way that it's written it and how kevin michael richardson plays it it's really entertaining and, <laughs> like this this is, a, this is one of my favorite Le- lex Luthor scenes of all time just because it's so simple and we get, bad, a, we get a little uh a little of the modern age uh, mixed in with the golden age because he's got the kryptonite ring which is something john oh, yeah. introduced uh in superman number two from 1986 uh, this this uh, upcoming line's been in my head all day. Like his like maniacal <laughs> right here. That's right out of Superman number two. Really? That that him on the ground with Luther lording over him. Yes, that is right out of that. That is awesome. Now this is so Silver Age of them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, it really is. But I, you gotta love it. That Batman calls him a diseased maniac, which is from Superman the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I recognize Superman that. Superman saying it. So I was just like, that's cool, where Superman gets to call him something from Superman the movie, but he's dressed as Batman. And we get the super ventriloquism gag. And he but takes there's, there's off a mask. <laughs> 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 I love Batman being on a motorcade. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel it, it's, at the same time it's awesome and it feels weird but it goes back to being awesome world's like, finest like you know Batman being like at a news conference isn't like like having a news conference or being on the news isn't something that we really see all that often these days but in this show it fit perfectly and we've got Brainiac that, was Old, it Beppo? no Beppo. Uh, uh, I think it was Coco was his name <laughs> little, his little white monkey that was there in his first appearance Oh man! <laughs> With his sonic screwdriver, and for some reason Batman can fly. Now. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Who cares? It's awesome. We have the, the action adventure. You know. You know. Stop. Mo- you know. Like everyone, like going hey and jumping into. Oh, perfect. God bless this show. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, so, like I, I was getting delirious by the end because it was so, first of all, like, like you said, like the references alone are just so delightful but like the performances and the animation and just like and like, like like yeah like, like that's, that's Brainiac and who cares why he has a silver monkey on his shoulder and like like the striking will presents now ding 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 now John DiMaggio oh. was also King Tut oh, okay. uh, I was actually wondering who, who, uh, who was doing that impression uh, Kevin Michael Richardson as we said was Lex Luthor and Mr. Mixius Pitalik 
Uh, wow. The, the man it? with the greatest name ever, Richard McGonagall. That's just, <laughs> that's just a great thing. He's another, uh, like, if you go to his IMDb page, he's got, like, the, like, you know, if you printed it out, it would, like, bust out your cartridge. Uh, just because Serena Irwin did the voice of Slane in this. And she was also Mara in Brave and the Bold, Aquaman's wife. Oh, okay. So oh, it was kind of cool to, uh, to to see her come back and do another iconic love interest for the heroes. Well, isn't that outrageous? It is outrageous! <laughs> I have it on the shirt. <laughs> I love Aquaman on this show. It's really kind of funny when you think that as much as... Um, this show did, you know, great things for Batman uh, as far as getting kids into him. It really is one of the things that started Aquaman on his road back <laughs> to, you know, vindication, basically. Uh, but making him cool. The voice of Jimmy was uh, Andrew Polinsky. He was also Nort on Brave and the Bold. Oh, the, uh, the chipmunk Green Lantern. No, he was the dog Green Lantern. Okay, okay. Well, uh, the, the, that was that's, Chip. That's uh, Chip, who right. is... No lie, my favorite alien Green Lantern ever. Because when Chip was brought into the time into the comics, it was during the Green Lantern Corps series that happened right after the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they designed him to look like a Disney character. He had white gloves. (laughs) Uh, Chip, his best friend, was Dale. (laughs) Hyphen LL on his home planet. Wow, where's that lawsuit? (laughs) Uh, nowhere because it was awesome, and and even his villain was like a Disney reference, though I don't understand it as much. So, um, yeah, Sweet. no, th- this this thing has made me so happy as a Superman fan, as a Batman fan, as just you know, as somebody who app- may not like be the biggest fan of the Silver Age, but appreciates that era of Superman and its place in his history. It's just like this had it all. This had everything I, I could have wanted. It was, it was basically a perfect team up between Superman and Batman. I'm really, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that because uh, as much as I, as much as I like it, and I figured you would like it, um, there, it is so, like even for this show, it is so goofy. Like the way it makes the characters look, I was kind of concerned that like it was, it was too much of a, of a spoof. But um, then again, the comics really were like that at one yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, if if you read. <laughs> I was explaining this to somebody recently is one of the reasons why I have a, hard, a really hard time reading uh, Silver Age Superman is that for every introduction of Brainiac, introduction of Candor, first appearance of Supergirl, first mm-hmm. appearance of Bizarro, and like the, you know, Superman going back in time and spending time with his parents and falling in love with a woman on Krypton, for every one of those stories, you literally had four others that were... Superman, you know, Clark Kent doing some kind of Rube Goldbergian <laughs> of proving that he's not Superman because they had to they were running gun shy from the from the comics goes and from Wortham and, and and that's you know that's why Batman got Batwoman and Batgirl and Ace the Bathound and all that. <laughs> to push him up. You know, to, to yeah, a little bit. But you know, and the fact is you gotta think about it that at that time there were three stories per t- per issue of Superman, and Superman I think was published like ten times of year, uh, t- ten times a year, 
Uh, you know, and that's just in Superman. He was also in action. He was in World's Finest. He was in Adventure Comics. Uh, oh yeah. His, you know, with the and, and Superboy had his own title. So it's just like you had all these different areas where he was, where you're not going to have gold every single time. But having said that, I appreciate the sheer amount of imagination that went into these stories. Absolutely. It did not have like a super tight continuity as we would think about it today, but there was a history that was being developed. And it seemed like, I, I don't know if it was every six months or every year, Mort Weisinger, who was the editor of Superman at the time, would introduce something new to, to, to keep it fresh and, and, and kind of alive for the audience. So I... I can't always say that I, you know, they're the best written stories. Uh, they were, I mean, let's face it, they were written for eight-year-olds, and and it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to read that sometimes. It's not like, you know, Amazing Fantasy number fifteen, which was written for a younger audience, but not for a younger younger audience. Mm-hmm. So, but as you know, as as a person who you know identifies himself as a serious Superman fan. I appreciate what this era has to offer. You know, Superman, I don't think, is as malleable as Batman. Uh, I don't think you can do dark Superman. It, it's just it, it's just not in that character's makeup to do that. We'll avoid the obvious topic. But he... Yeah, we'll avoid Man of Steel. But, <laughs> yeah. but even in Man of Steel, he was kind of a figure of, of, of brightness in a dark world. But more to the point... You know, Batman can be light and can be dark. Superman isn't as malleable as that, but the Superman from the Golden Age, where he's you know wrapping guns around dudes' necks and chucking them out of windows, killing drunk or killing drinking drivers, yeah, you know, and, and like you know, so that the government will rebuild them. You know, that is just as valid as the Superman from the fifties. And and the thing that I was it still astonishes me to, to this day, you know, ever since 2000 when I when I was reading about this is that the reason why Superman became what he was was to be more like Batman at the time. And was the was more like, law nice and friendly. Or, he was the more law and order character. So they were like we got to bring Superman in line with that. So, you know, that this version of Superman is just as valid as the Bronze Age or the Post Crisis or even Man of Steel. Yeah, because it's it's like uh, similar to Batman. Like uh, my my wheelhouse of Batman tends to be in the '90s. I'm a bit of a backpacker in that way. But when it comes to Silver Age, it's like, well, what else do you like about Batman? Well, there's the Silver Age, which is enjoyable. I mean, like I'm not a big fan of like you know, oh no, Batman's become like a baby or Batman's a giant gorilla for reasons. But like like for every story like that, there is also the story of the first appearance of. Uh, Batmite, like they, like the the secret Batcave origin story, the new Batplane, like that kind of stuff that like you know expanded the mythology that that, that they milked to death in the in the current continuity now, like you know where everything's taken taking for granted. So the colorful storytelling that they really uh, uh, tried to make you enjoy in this show is legitimately enjoyable, and I think that like there's always a time and a place for these sort of things. Um, this other was one thing that kind of came to me before we close out here. What do you think makes Batman and Superman such an enjoyable team to see together, uh, either either uh, in real life or in the universe? The, 
that that's a that's a question that has two answers. The first is I liked it when I was a kid, so I want to see it now. Awesome. <laughs> you know, there 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 is that they they were friends on the Super Friends, so that's kind of how you know. Even though in comic book terms, I grew up with them not getting along uh, to the point where <laughs> this is the weird thing. Uh, I I. I, I can never understand this. When, when they did the world's finest three-parter mm-hmm. on Superman the Animated Series, that was such a huge deal. And thinking back, I'm like, you know, ten years before that, Superman and Batman were constantly in animation together. Why is this a big deal now? And it's because for every generation, that first meeting is important. So... But to me, they work well together because, like I was saying, you know, before the episode, they are the opposite spectrums. They are two sides of the same coin. They have different methods. They have different villains. They fight. Even though I think uh, I think writers have tried to poach Superman villains for Batman villains a little too often in the past decade or so. I have make them darker. Uh, no, just like bringing like. <laughs> bringing the toy man into Robin in the 90s or having Lex Luthor show up during No Man's Land. So it's like, look, you know, Superman's rogues gallery isn't as good as Batman, so can we just let him keep what he has? But anyway, (laughs) you have these two characters that are the... They're the ideals of their specific genre within what they are. You know, Superman is at his heart a science fiction concept. Batman is, at his heart, a pulp concept. So when you bring those two ideas together, you really got to kind of think outside the box to make that plot work. You know, the world's finest three-parter had the fortune of of just teaming up Luther and and Joker. So you have the two main villains of these heroes, so obviously they have to work together. It's why I think a, a title like Batman Superman or Loeb's Superman Batman or even World's Finest back in the 70s, they were all well and good and they had enjoyable stories and, and, and kind of bad stories. But to me, the idea of them teaming up should not be a monthly thing. I would agree that, yeah. It should be every once in a while something happens and they've got to team up and it's bad. Like, you know, Loeb was really good at the summer blockbuster store, Superman Batman stories. I mean, they had into animated films so obviously you know (laughs) they had that potential but I think they just it's just cool seeing those two kind of separate heroes having to work together and why would they be friends and why would they not get along and where would their 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 methods differ to the point where they would have a conflict so I, I just I think there's just something really classic about them being together I would agree. Like, um, as much as the Marvel has really kind of like made the whole heroes meeting heroes thing a staple of their universe, to me, like, just uh, I'm not sure if it's distance from my you know my probably being more my predilection is probably being more to DC than Marvel anyway. But like, in my opinion, like DC, uh, Batman and Superman meeting is a way bigger deal uh, in all respects uh, compared to like you know the Avengers meeting for the first time. And that's not denigrating the Avengers. I'm just saying like you know. Batman and Superman are bigger in terms of global importance. That when they when they meet, that's a serious thing that you would like to see for a movie, which 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 makes a lot of things interesting and it will make the upcoming film interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, he, here's the thing: 
whatever you think of Ben Affleck as Batman, whatever you thought of Man of Steel as a film, Justice is the first time in legit form. I mean, you can see Superman and Batman in live action at any convention nowadays. I mean, it's it's not a big deal there. But in terms of a movie, like like you know, we've seen it animated, you know, a bunch of times. But mm-hmm. here, this is a major motion picture. These are two characters that both have had successful movie franchises, and now for the first time, for an audience that doesn't care about the comics, they're going to see these two characters on screen together. For that alone, this movie is important. Whether or not it's good is going to be determined when it comes out. You know, I'm not going to judge this thing even really based on the first trailers that we're going to be seeing. Right. I'm going to judge it after the movie's over and then seeing it again a little after that to let the like oh like go away cuz there's there's I have a feeling this is going to be full of images that are just going to make me go, you know, like punching the air and and like freaking out in the theater. I'm going to embarrass the crap out of my wife. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> but but it's a huge deal. And you know, there is going to be complaining. You know, I, I, I'm hoping that we don't have as much of the fan base eating each other like we did with Man of Steel. The wars. <laughs> Day 25. <laughs> the Superman fan wars are still going on. I oh, haven't God. seen my wife in three days. The provisions are running out. I miss her so much. I mean, no, seriously, though. it's it's On that level, I am super excited. Yeah, it's 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 history in the making, and uh, I, I I honestly I was I was I could not like when I first heard it uh, when the news first hit me I could not believe it was happening like, I I couldn't it wasn't like till an hour later it was like wait I guess this is happening like it was just so for some reason it was impossible for me <laughs> but um yeah this is uh history in the making that we're going to be seeing so here's hoping that like this won't destroy us all <laughs> um so this was battle of the superheroes the uh season three Bave in the bold episode batman superman crossover hope you guys enjoyed it we certainly did um for michael bailey this is donovan and you have been listening to the batman universe commentaries see you guys at the next commentary adios In all the excitement, I can't believe Clark scooped us on the Lex Luthor story. Hey, where is Mr. Kent anyway? Lois, Jimmy, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. How will I ever make it up to you? We can discuss it over a dinner date. Tell me your secret identity. (gasps) Attention, people of Metropolis. Congratulations. I have chosen your city to be the first to repopulate my destroyed planet. The shrinking process will commence immediately.